Welcome to chapter 3, verse 50. Hello everyone. I am so excited you have decided to join me on this wild and crazy journey while I take on Marie 3.0. My hope is that together we can discover the joy of reinventing ourselves through introspection and reflection. Thank you for taking this leap with me. I am so excited. So come on, let's get this thing started. So you're probably wondering why Marie 3.0? What does that mean? I mean, when you reinvent yourself, isn't it a second version of yourself? And normally you would be correct, but I've come to a new theory. So I feel like the 1.0 version of yourself is that person you are when your parents sort of mold you into who they think you should be. You know, they fill you with all their beliefs and all their thoughts and desires and wishes for your life. Then you become an adult and you're like, let me break that mold, please. And let me break it quickly. And that becomes your 2.0 version of yourself. Then as you're going through life, you're getting all of these ideas from other people, new people you meet in your life. Um, you, your career, diff, just different experiences that you have. And it sort of creates you into a whole new person because your experiences are new and different and the people are new and different. And you're expanding your thoughts and your horizons and you're becoming sort of a different version of yourself than you were in your 3.0 or your 1.0 version. But then you come to people like me who (laughs) are breaking out of that 2.0 version because I felt like that was a version everyone else wanted me to be. So I went from being the version that my parents sort of molded me into to a version that other people expected me to become. And now I'm saying... I don't want to be that person, but I'm not sure yet who I want to be, which is kind of why I'm taking this journey. I don't know if I'm alone in thinking this. I don't know if there's anyone out there who feels the same way I do, but I feel like I am not the same person I was, obviously, when I was a child at 10. I'm also not the same person I was when I was 25 or 30. I'm such a different person today, but I don't know what that means. I don't know, I don't know what to do with this new person. I don't know, I don't know where I am. I, well, I don't know who I want to be yet. And I think that has me very perplexed. The reason I'm so perplexed, I believe, is the fact that, you know, I've been given mixed mixed messages all my life. Um, I was married to a man who told me that we never truly change at our core. And I never agreed with that statement. In fact, I used to challenge him on it all the time. 
I'm like, I don't understand what you mean. We never change. And he's like, yeah, we never change. You know, this we are the same people today that we were when we were kids. You know, your core values and your core way of thinking never changes. I was like, yo, whoa, wait a minute. What do you mean it never changes? I've changed. And he was like, no, you never really have changed. I was like, "Mm, I think I have changed. I think I know myself better than you know me. I mean, I've lived with myself all my life. You haven't lived with me all my life. I mean, quite a few years, yes, but not all my life. You didn't know me as a child. You don't know the experiences that I went through. That's another conversation for another time. Um, You know, I'm like, you don't know who I was as a kid. You don't know what I thought. You don't know how I felt. You, You don't know. But for some reason, he remains so staunch in this mindset. So I kind of want to challenge it right now. What do you guys think? Do you think you're the same person deep down in your core that you were when you were a kid? Growing up with the values or the ideas or the thoughts that you grew up with. For me... It's going to be a hard no. I'm not the same person. And it's easy for me to say that. I have changed, I do believe, even in my core. And that is spiritually. Um, It is psychologically. I just believe that The way that I used to think, even as a young adult, when I was steadfast in how I felt about politics or life in general, it's not so clear cut for me now anymore at all. I don't know. What do you guys think? Are you the same people? Are you the same person you were when you were a kid? Deep in your core. I mean, obviously, we're not the same person as far as, you know, the way we dress or even our everyday thought-to-thought process or the way we walk or the foods we like or the way we carry ourselves. You know, obviously, those things change over time because we learn and we adapt and we change. But I'm talking deep, deep in your core, I don't believe that I am the same person I was even in my 20s. And maybe the reason I'm so perplexed as to who I am today is because I never truly knew who I was my entire life, deep down in my core which then could challenge my thought process. (laughs) But that's what this is about. This is about understanding who I am, understanding what I want with my life, grasping at what I want in life, 
and learning how to do it with grace and dignity, with joy, and in the right mindset. So with that being said, let me take you on a little journey. I'm going to explain to you why I titled this podcast chapter 3 verse 50. Obviously the chapter 3 is sort of a no-brainer. You know, this is Marie 3.0, my third version of myself. But the 50, where does that come in? That's easy enough. Because this journey started the month I turned 50. That year was a huge year for me. I had a lot of decisions that I needed to make about my own personal life. Career-wise, personal, um, all of it. And it it was a bit of a challenge. I didn't know which direction I needed to go. I didn't know what the right answers were. I didn't know anything. And I threw my hands up in the air and said, I I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I need some help. So, um, So let me tell you, I am a teacher. And one of the things I really love about teaching is using technology in education. And I had a chance, I was a third grade teacher this year, that particular year. And I had an opportunity to become sort of a technology specialist on the instructional side in the field of education. And that sounded so cool to me. I was so excited that I had you know, this possible opportunity right in front of me. Um, But I love being in the classroom, teaching my students. I love teaching third grade. Oh my gosh, to me, they're like the best grade level ever. They're still sweet. They still need you just a little bit, but not too much. They get my sarcasm because I can be quite sarcastic when I truly want to be. And they are learning really how to be independent people. So I really just love this age group. Well, the opportunities in front of me were not to stay in third grade, but to move to a fifth grade class or to become a technology specialist in instruction or simply uproot my life and move. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, move. Move. Huge. It was a huge decision and scary. And I had no idea what to do. Except I knew I didn't want to teach fifth grade. No, thank you. Don't appreciate fifth graders. (laughs) I know we need them in the world. But that's not my forte. I like them a little younger than fifth grade. (laughs) But... I uh, really wanted to do this instructional technology specialist position. And I had been going on interviews and putting myself out there and I kept getting one rejection after the other. But then I met with a principal down here in Florida, which is where I currently live now, so excited. 
And I met with her and she loved me and wanted to bring me on. Couldn't hire me immediately, obviously. Had to go through a lot of red tape. I didn't have a license to teach in Florida. Had to get that. There was just a lot of parameters in doing all this. Any of you teachers out there can understand, you know the struggle. But I didn't know if it was the right move because in doing so, it would mean leaving my husband, which was a thought that I had been thinking about for a long time. You know, at this point, we had been married for almost 23 years, and it was a very loveless relationship for... 80% of our marriage but we have a beautiful daughter and I wanted to be there for her I wanted to make sure her life was as good as possible Um, and I wanted to set myself up in the best position as possible as well I mean why not who wouldn't right so I had to have this really big heart-to-heart talk yeah with Jesus Ooh, let me tell you, my daughter kept saying, Mom, it's time for you to go. She was in college at this time. And she says, Mom, Florida is where your heart is. It's where I grew up. And she says, this is where you want to be. This is what you want to do. I need you to go. She was opening a door for me. And yet I was really fearful of walking through that door because it meant that... I had to stand on my own two feet. And as loveless as my marriage was, I had somebody there to walk through life with. I mean, even though it wasn't a great walk, I didn't have to do it alone. Um, And that, that was scary to think about, you know, uprooting everything I've known leaving everyone I know and love behind a great job oh my gosh I mean I was set for life but you know it is through the fire that we are purified and I'm learning that a lot (laughs) long story short I had told the principal that I worked with where I was and let me just put in a blurb here she was very instrumental in pushing me off the ledge and making me really do what she knew what was best for me she knew making this move was going to be my best move but I couldn't see that She could, but I couldn't. So I I made the leap, put in my paperwork before the end of the school year, not knowing if I actually had a job here in Florida or not. I didn't know, but I made the leap. And shortly thereafter, I found out I was hired down here I had gotten my certificate. Everything worked out beautifully. I had a place to come live. Thank goodness I have friends here who allowed me to have a place to stay. Oh my gosh, 
couldn't have done it without them. And it has been one thing after another. I mean, making this move has truly been the best part of my journey. But when I was making the decision, it's so hard to see that. I mean, I'm sure you've heard the expression hindsight is 2020. It's so true. Because if you push yourself outside your comfort zone, when you know it's probably the right thing to do, but it doesn't feel like it's the safest thing to do, it makes it difficult to see that it is the right thing to do. And when we can't see that it is the right thing to do, we panic, we get scared. And we want to run back into our little hidey hole and cover up with our cozy little blanket, turn the lights off and the TV on and forget about what we should be doing. Trust me, been there, done that so many times. I can't even count how many times I've done that. I don't know, can anybody relate to any of this? I mean, I hope so. The moral of this particular story is that I made the leap. And I've been here in Florida for almost two years. And I am finally in a place where I am living completely on my own. I've never done that before in my life. Even as a young adult, I always had roommates. Love my roommates. Love the times we had together. But I have never truly lived completely all by myself. And it was terrifying, the thought of it. Even going from my friend's home to renting a room out of someone's house. So that's that was the journey that I took here. So I moved down here moved in with these this family who I absolutely love. They are amazing. I would not be here if it wasn't for them. The only friends I had over here at all. And I stayed with them for six months. I really overstayed my welcome. But I overstayed my welcome because there was so much fear in stepping out on my own. You know, I'd left everything behind that I knew. I left my daughter behind. I mean, really? Now, one good thing was my son and his wife, they moved down here with me, but, you know, they moved to a different part of Florida. Thank goodness they're over here with me now. That makes me super happy. (laughs) But in that time, you know, I didn't have anybody here except for this one family. And I was taking time away from their family time. But I didn't know how to step out on my own. I didn't know how to be me all by myself because I didn't know what that was supposed to look like. So I had to do the uncomfortable and I met a woman who had a room to rent out of her home. I rented her room, terrified me because I didn't know her very long. I think I met her once and then she invited me over for dinner. We chatted, 
And thank goodness, she is like one of the most chill, kind-hearted people I've ever known in my life. Oh my gosh, very chill. But it still wasn't my space. You know, I'm still just living in a bedroom and not really truly enjoying life. Well, this last April, yeah, just a couple months ago, I finally can say that I am in a place all by myself. A two-bedroom apartment that is all mine. I don't even know what to do with all this space that I have. I have lived in a bedroom, four small walls for more years than I care to count. Because of my loveless relationship with my husband, I chose to stay in a separate bedroom and I didn't want to see him because I just, I couldn't deal. It was so bad. I couldn't deal and I didn't want to see him. I didn't want to talk to him. I didn't want to be around him. Nothing. But I felt the need to stay because we have a daughter and I needed to be there for her. But in that, I made a prison I made a prison. I'm taking ownership of that. And sometimes I think I don't do that enough. I don't know if I'm alone in that, but I know I need to take ownership of certain things that I did. And that's one of the things that I'm definitely going to take ownership of. I created a prison for myself because I didn't want to deal. And in creating that prison, I stayed in that prison for all these years. And then I finally break free of one prison and move here to Florida. And sort of, not by choice, but circumstance, am going from one, not prison, but kind of felt like prison, only because it wasn't my space, to another one. And now... I get to enjoy this. Now, before this gets back to the people I lived with, I'm not calling their homes prison. (laughs) It's metaphorical because it wasn't my space. I needed my own space, and it's something I had never had, but something I dreamt of for so, so, so long times where I could only dream of what it would feel like to have a living room that I felt comfortable walking into or a kitchen that I didn't have to share with anyone. If I don't want to do dishes, guess what? I don't have to do dishes. I've never lived like that before. No, because I'm always afraid of hurting someone's feelings or wondering what people think if I leave a dirty dish in the sink or that's the kind of prison I'm talking about. It's not an actual prison. It's a mindset, but that's where I've been. If I don't want to do laundry, if I want to leave a jacket on the floor, I can. If I want to put a bath towel on the floor, ew, gross. First of all, I don't do that, but I can if I want to. If I don't feel like cleaning my house, I don't have to. I mean, I do, because I do like a clean house. I mean, I'm a little guilty of a little bit of OCD, 
I think part of that comes from the fact that there's been so much of my life that I had no control over that, you know, I took control of things that I could take control over and cleaning my house is one of them. I mean, I'm not a freak about it. Don't get me wrong, but I like a clean house, but I don't have to if I don't want to. That's the beauty of this. And it excites me. It empowers me. But it also scares me because I'm not sure what to do with all of this. I don't know how to decorate. You should have seen me buying furniture. Okay, so I have never purchased living room furniture before in my entire life. Bedroom furniture, yes, but not living room furniture or dining furniture because my husband had the furniture before we got married. Yeah, that's how old it was. Ugh. Oh my gosh, I hated it. But it was what he had, and we went with it, and it was what it was. So when I'm walking around the furniture store, I'm looking around going, I don't know what I like. I don't know what I want. It started to feel like some kind of a test that I was failing miserably at. But the guy at the store was very kind and showed me all kinds of different things and I knew basically the colors that I wanted and he was so wonderful. And now I have a gorgeous dining room table that I absolutely love. I didn't know what I wanted until I saw it. And same with my couch, my living room furniture. By the way, one thing I did not know is that there are outlets on furniture now. Who knew? I didn't know that. I didn't know furniture got plugged in. Like I have an end table and two nightstands that have uh, outlets and USB ports and you plug them in so that you can charge your phones right there on the furniture. Like that just blew my mind. Holy cow. Yes, this is how far behind the times (laughs) I was. But now I have all this space and it's all mine. I don't know how to decorate it yet. I'm so afraid that by the time I finally get it decorated, it's going to be time to move. You know, I don't know. I don't know where I want things placed. I still have things that I haven't hung on the wall because I'm not sure where to place it. I don't know what I want. It feels too, too big for me to make these decisions by myself. But I also know that that's just fear talking and that I just need to step outside of my comfort zone and I just need to do it. I do have one painting hanging on my wall. I love it. It's my son. He drew me, he he painted something several years ago that used to be in our house in Virginia and it, it, goes so beautifully with my furniture and with the decor that I have gone with. It's, it was like it was meant to be. It was so cool. But other than that, I'm still just trying to decide who I am. What is my apartment going to look like? How do I want to live this beautiful life that I get to live right now and it truly truly is a beautiful life 
My job is going so wonderful. My children, my son and his wife, um, I call them both my kids. They have since moved over here to where I am. So I get to have them close to me. So I have family. And now I'm starting to make some friends. That's a little hard thing to do. That's something I want to talk in another episode. I don't know how to make friends out there. <laughs> you know, I lived in a place where I made, I had a lot of friends. But I don't know how to make friends here. This is a different place and different people. And, and I'm scared to put myself out there. I'm terrified because what if I get rejected again? That's something I've dealt with a lot, a lot of rejection, not just in my marriage, but from key important people in my life. In wrapping this up, this is the direction I want this podcast to go in. I want our talks to be personal. I want you to hear the, not just the struggles that I've been through, because we all go through struggles, but, um, but I want you to hear the struggles I've been through. I want you to hear about the disappointments that I've had. And I feel like if I put them out there, you'll understand, you'll know, because you've been through it as well, and maybe sympathize in that you can also know that you're not alone in the journey that you're taking. And if I can just be a partner in your own journey with you, I gladly accept. I don't know if you want a partner. I need a partner though. I'd like somebody to walk this journey with me and just I want us to be able to lift one another up. I want to be able to lift you up and I want to be lifted up by other people because you know what? The saying says it takes a village and I do truly believe it takes a village. We are not meant to live this life all by ourselves. So let's partner this thing up. I sincerely hope you have enjoyed just this first episode. It's been fun talking to you. um, And I look forward to continuing this journey with you. This is Marie 3.0. Until next time.